and I think PTs, health, wellness, overall well-being, you know, the various components that encompasses one's health, PTs are really good at a lot of those things and we're kind of chameleons and we adapt to uh, the needs of the population. So I really think we are kind of where it's all going uh, and I'm excited about that and I hope our readers are, are excited about that and I hope this book um, helps facilitate that excitement. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two. Hello, friends. Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, I have not one, but two guests with me. They are both practicing physical therapists, and full disclosure, full transparency, I brought them on to promote a book that is launching within the next month. This book is titled Movers and Mentors, and honestly, it's something that I wish existed when I was still in PT school, or at least when I was a new grad, because quite frankly, when I graduated, I was like, you either, you know, run a clinic and run your soul into the ground, or maybe, you know, your professors told you don't even start a clinic because you're going to have negative monies or, you know, don't go into travel PT. Or the other option is like, be gray cook. There was like, you're kind of limited with things. So to have a book now that's going to be out that shows people opportunity and possibility. That is just mind blowing to me. And I had the incredible opportunity to be part of this. So I knew immediately I had to bring both of these dudes onto the show, talk about the book, introduce you to them, and hopefully inspire you. And if it doesn't directly relate to you, it'll help you with a little resource that you can hand on to somebody else who might need it. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my new friends, Dr. Brian Gusky and Dr. Tim Reynolds. Hello, my friends. Hey, Shante. Thank you for having us. We're, we're excited to be on the show. And Yeah, Shante, it's great to be here. This is just so, so, so dope. So I'm going to pass the mic right over. And Tim, why don't you give us a little intro as to who you are? Perfect. Uh, my name is Tim Reynolds. I am a part-time physical therapist in Ithaca, New York, at the Wellness Center, and I am a full-time clinical assistant professor at Ithaca College, teaching anatomy and physiology, everyone's favorite, most exciting class on the face of the world. So. Anatomy and phys, most favorite. You have cadavers and all that's the good stuff. All the I actually, I'm the pre, I'm the precursor to the cadavers, so I'm stuck with the oh. models and the bones. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll come, we'll circle back into how you got into that, but I'll pass the mic again. Dr. Brian, who are you? Hey, uh, I'm Brian. I'm a physical therapist uh, living in Rochester, New York, currently practicing in an outpatient orthopedic setting. Uh, here, I, uh, I direct the orthopedic residency program at the University of Rochester Sports and Spine Center. So very much interested in teaching, learning, and mentorship, which kind of lends itself to the book that we've been working on. Brian, I'm going to ask you to keep going with that. Where does, did this idea come from? 
Sure. Yeah. So uh, Tim and I actually went through uh, orthopedic residency uh, together about, oh gosh, six years ago now. Uh, and while we were in residency, we both had to, happened to be um, reading a book called Tools of the Titans by Tim Ferriss. Yes. Some listeners may have heard of Tim. Shante, you're, you're familiar with that book? Just, just a little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool book. Uh, I mean, Tim is a huge book. Yeah, huge book, huge book. Uh, it's, it's a monster, but um, definitely also a good investment, uh, regardless of what profession or, or space you're in. Uh, so Tim's interviewing people like Benet Brown. Uh, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger does the introduction for the book, if that gives you kind of the, the flavor context of it. But Tony Robbins, you know, really kind of um, influencers, innovators, and, and leaders in their respective fields. And uh, when we were going through residency, I turned to Tim and I said, you know, this is a pretty cool book. What if there was a, a book kind of within our niche, within our physical therapy space, you know, kind of our world uh, that asked similar questions to leaders in our profession. And we both kind of thought it was a good idea. We kicked it around for a little bit. Uh, and then it took a couple of years, um, probably about two or three years later, we started putting together some questions. And then uh, about two years ago, um, this fall, we, uh, we sent out our first email. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of just been rolling ever since. We, we have about 78 guests in this book, Shante. Um, you are thankfully also one of our guests and, uh, it's been a, it's been a really cool project and a really cool learning experience. 78. That's amazing. Tim, how did you two come up with the guest list and the question list? That's a, that's an awesome question. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, Brian and I are a little bit selfish in the making of this book. We had the opportunity to reach out to some of the people that we found to be super influential in our own clinical practice. Like Brian said, we went through orthopedic residency together. I went into a spine fellowship afterwards. And a lot of the research that I read was from individuals like Peter O'Sullivan or mm -hmm. from Tim Flynn or John Childs or Shirley Sarman. And so mm -hmm. as we were thinking about who are the movers and mentors within our own lives, we kind of started with who's influenced us. And so as we started to go through and put this list together, we, we had this master list that we reached out to a lot more. Like Brian said, we reached out to over 75 people that we got into this book, but we reached out over probably 150, almost 200 wow. people. And people so said no? people said no, people were a little bit busy. We have to think it was crazy. Brian said two years ago, we yeah. started to reach out. And so two years ago, we're pre-pandemic. And yes. so the world has significantly changed over the period of time of September, October. And a lot of our guests are not necessarily U.S.-based clinicians. A lot of our guests are found in New Zealand or Australia. Yeah. So we had the Australia wildfires, which were a significant impact on the quality of life for a lot of people. And so yeah. there were so many different things that went on. And we tried to respect that as we were reaching out also to understand that people have a pandemic that they're going through. And totally. so, um, so we got feedback from a bunch of people. Um, we are not necessarily a complete list. I think one of the big things we, uh, we always talk about when we think about the book, this is a living book. This is a living mm -hmm. work of art that we're putting together in that this is not a complete list. Yeah. There are so many people that are moving and changing our profession 
and we'll continue to move and change our profession. And so people might look at this list and say, how could they not have had so-and-so on it? Well, there's a good chance that we reached out to them, but Mm -hmm. also there's a chance that that might not have been an individual that either Brian and I um, have been introduced to, or maybe someone that we are planning in our second um, upcoming of Movers and Mentors um, in our second edition. Uh, Tim, keep going there. Second? So obviously we don't want to jump uh, too far ahead. <laughs> but like I said, um, this has been a project that Brian and I have uh, really had an opportunity to sort of take ownership with and has been such an awesome experience. I'm obviously being here, having the chance to talk to you, but talking to individuals like Brian Mulligan or oh, Shirley Sarman yes. or Peter O'Sullivan. Like these are, like I said before, these are people that have significantly influenced the movement science and orthopedic yeah, realm. Of this thing. Yeah. yeah. And so that being said, this has been one of the highlights of my past two years. And whenever I talk about it, I just have this fire, this passion that just really lights me up on the inside. And while it was a lot of work, um, I think at the end of the day, Brian and I can sit back and say this was a lot of fun at the same time. And so obviously looking forward to the launch of the book on October 12th, but um, starting in the works to have conversations about what can we do in the future, what other opportunities might movers and mentors bring. This is just remarkable. Brian, I'm going to flip it over to you. Where did you come up with, how did you come up with the, uh, the questions for this? Yeah. Um, so Tim and I kind of threw around some ideas. We had a whole list of questions that we ended up paring down and, um, we had kind of a you know basic set of eight to 10 questions that we asked all of our guests, but then some, some more specific questions that we catered to, to the guests that we had. Um, we wanted to know about failure for one. Uh, mm-hmm. We feel like, and we know that failure is a huge opportunity for growth. Um, and through failure, both micro and macro, you kind of learn and develop and grow. So we knew we wanted to ask about favorite failures. We mm-hmm. thought that that was a, cool, a, a yeah. pretty cool question. Um, we wanted to know about investments of, of time, both, both personally and professionally, um, whether that's something from uh, you know, investing in time to get outside and kind of uh, explore nature or exercise or like your favorite continuing ed course. And we got answers on, on everything in between. Um, books, since this is a book mm-hmm. and uh, Tim and I both enjoy reading, we want to know books that, that impact uh, the indiv- individual's life, uh, good advice and bad advice that they hear in their, in their area of practice or um, just generally, again, personally or professionally. Um, and then we kind of, we kind of opened it up, you know, what are some of our individuals or, or guests, uh, most excited about in the next five to 10 years in movement science or physical therapy? Um, we wanted to, one of the, the kind of other goals of this book was to get, um, younger professional students and younger professionals, uh, engaged and excited about, about movement science and physical therapy and rehab professions. And, you know, I think one of the best ways to get excited is to kind of know what's what's coming down the pipe or what leaders, nice. researchers, innovators are, are most excited about. So uh, we thought that was a good way to kind of foster some some engagement and excitement. So, uh, yeah, we kind of we had a long list of questions and we thought, you know, if we were Tim and I kind of joke about this, you know, we know that there's demand out, out here or out there, excuse me, for, for this book. We know that there's a market for it. We know that there's consumers for it because we are the consumers. Yeah. We, you know, that's the, these are the types of questions that we 
uh, now want answers to. Um, but you know, rewind five, six years when we both first started practicing, um, we definitely wanted answers to. So that's kind of how we came up with the questions and they got, they got massaged a little bit over time. And, um, ultimately we, uh, yeah, each, each individual answers anywhere from 10 to 15 questions. Sort of continuing with that, uh, Shante, there's so much material that, that young professionals and upcoming students and current physical therapists can consume at any point in time. Right. The social yeah. social media provides so much material. There's textbooks, there's professors. And so our our cohort, our peers are being inundated from multiple different facets. Totally. And one of the things that Brian and I are talking about is these are answers to questions that doesn't necessarily get asked. Yeah. And so when we're thinking about what's so-and-so's favorite big three exercises for low back pain or what sort of things should we be doing if you have shoulder impingement or, or something like that, we can find those answers. Amen. Yep. And, and it's one of those things that at the end of the day, yes, that might facilitate some of your clinical outcomes, but does it truly make you a better individual? Because I think if you invest into yourself and improve you as a person, then not only is your quality of life going to improve, but then you have the opportunity to invest more into the profession and that gives you an opportunity to enhance your clinical outcomes even more so. So like Brian was talking about, what are the failures? I mean, you think about the typical PT student that walks into any sort of mm-hmm. university and 95% of them are type A personality that if they get below a 87 on a test, <laughs> they are calling home crying or trying to figure out what can I do for extra credit points or fighting for every single point. And it's understandable that, yeah, you can be upset, but at the same time with failure, like Brian said, that's a great opportunity for, for growth. And to hear how some of the, the movers and shakers within our industry have failed and failed quote unquote royally. Uh-huh. And obviously the perception of failure and what, uh, as we've discussed on a previous interview, Shante, um, people's perception of failure is unique to them. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody's a snowflake. We're all unique. And so like your failures are different than mine and my mm-hmm. perception of failure is different than yours. But I think those are the questions that allow for our readers to truly dive into what is valuable for them. And I think they have the opportunity to make the most of this book, however they see fit search for the answers that they're looking for um, and use the resources within the guests that they provide those answers with um, to truly make the book their own. So. I love that. I definitely, you know, thinking back to my own physical therapy schooling, when you're in it, especially as a new grad, you don't realize the bigger picture. The, the transitional students we had and the second degree students we had, they got it. And I, sometimes the conversation was a little confusing because you're just like, sometimes they'd be like, this doesn't matter as much, like focus on this. And you're like, but it's on the test. This is very important. And not to say that those, you know, didactic things aren't, but to have, uh, you know, this book and even more viewpoints and that bigger picture, that life experience, that is invaluable, you know, and you nailed it in saying that, you know, creating this because a lot of those other answers, the big three exercises, things like that, you can go and find that. 
And definitely when you're in school and you're in the thick of it, you're like, I got to know that stuff, which is great. Go and find that. And you will have no problem going and finding that. But there's a huge hole in basically everything else that these movers and shakers, and these mentors can provide. And now it's all in one area. Brian, can you give us a little teaser of some of the the folks that are in it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Be, be happy to. So um, kind of thinking alphabetically, uh, and I actually am cheating because I have the book here right now. So <laughs> why don't I do that instead of think? Um, uh, so yeah, definitely a, a teaser, Stefania Bell, uh, ESPN analyst. Um, many of us are probably familiar with her or have seen her um, on TV if we're following ESPN. Uh, Larry Benz, uh, David Butler, um, John Childs, Josh Cleland, uh, Shantae Colfield, uh, <laughs> shout out, um, Dad Cook, Gray Cook, Tim Flynn, um, Stephen George, Ola Grimsby, uh, Jared Hall, Jim Hafner, um, Sandy Hilton, uh, Mark Lazlett, Karen Litzy, Anthony Lowe, Zach Long, Adrian Lau, Mark Milligan, wow. Jeff Moore, Brian Mulligan, uh, the prehab guys, Stanley Paris, Louis Pentadora, uh, Shirley Sarman, Ron Shank, uh, Mike Shacklock, um, Tasha Stanton, Julie Weed, uh, Kevin Wilk, and Corey Zimney. Uh, so that's Man. that's probably a quarter. I know I went through. I just kind that of is awesome. out, out of the four columns that we have here on the back of the book. But yeah, we have a we have a. Um, pretty diverse list and uh you know wow while we were putting this together every time we got a response from from one of our guests uh we were we were very excited and um very grateful uh, also that you know they were willing to a respond to us but then b follow up with uh answering our questions or hopping on an interview um so it was uh, it was pretty cool definitely this uh, is exciting project amazing ola shirley <laughs> shacklock low wow this is holy smokes, uh, Brian. I'm going to keep the mic with you. Can you talk about? Because you said just with a few seconds ago, uh, interviewed some of these people. What was the actual process for this? I know what I did, um, but was it written? Was it video for most people? And then how did you take that and put it into the book? Yeah. So, um, kind of logistically, uh, Tim and I created, you know, kind of this master list. Uh, search all over the internet for emails. Some of them we had uh, personally, but others we had to find. Um, basically sent out a cold email with a, a generic um, introduction about the book. We didn't have a title for the book at that point. We really um, didn't, weren't, uh, you know, specific about the questions we were going to be asking, just letting them know that um, we wanted to write this book. It was going to be geared towards students and young professionals. Um, we would like to ask a series of, you know, personal and professional questions uh, to help um, students and young professionals. And, uh, and then we waited for a response and, you know, I think we sent out probably 50 emails in the first couple days. And then we started getting responses back and it was kind of this, this positive feedback where we would gain, once we would get a couple of responses, we would gain traction and email more, more people, more guests. Um, and ultimately, uh, if they responded, yes, they wanted to be a part of it. We, uh, we set up a time to do an interview or if they, if it was easier for them just to type out responses, um, we did that, but more, uh, a majority of our, of our guests wanted to sit down and have a conversation either over the phone or just, uh, live via zoom. So we recorded those live ones. Um, and then, 
uh, proceeded to do some transcription, which probably took the longest <laughs> out of uh, uh, out of any part of, of making the book for sure. Uh, so you know, an hour of um, our interview would probably take anywhere from three to four hours of transcription, and then uh, and then from there, uh, you know, multiply that times the 78 guests that we have, uh, which wow. majority, majority of those were interviews, not all of them, but majority were. Um, so that was, that was where, you know, kind of the two years on, on this project came in, but we would, uh, we'd type all that out and then Tim and I went through it line by line, probably two times. Um, then our copy editor got involved and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the rundown to today. Wow. And now we have, a. uh, a final product. This is remarkable. Tim, I'm going to flip it to you. How did you know how to do this? Did you, uh, Brian's over here throwing out copy editor. You just went and found this person. How did you know this process? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, um, nothing like trial by fire, right? I mean, yeah, baby. Throw, throw the baby <laughs> into the bathwater and hope for, for a swimmer, right? So it's one of those things that, um, what's amazing about our profession is the willingness to help each other out. Absolutely. I mean, I think you think about the quality of the people that want to go into the health science field. We are here to better and help our peers, our colleagues, and our patients. And so when I'll think, I mean, literally two years almost to the day, we sent out our first emails. And like oh. Brian said, they were... Um, relatively cold emails. We picked a couple of them and we sent them out. And what was amazing throughout this process and even towards the end of the process, it was like Christmas day when you got a response back from somebody. Yeah. When Brian and I would text each other, oh my gosh, just so-and-so just, just sent us an email. They want to, they want to be part of it. Um, and kind of like Brian was saying, it built traction over time. And so you then would say, well, so-and-so is in the book and you include that in the email. So then it was like, well, they're part of the cool kid club. So I want to be part of the book too. <laughs> and so that being said, we didn't necessarily know any different method to reach out to these people. Yeah. So reaching out process was that, like Brian said, um, there are hours and hours and hours spent watching and rewatching and replaying Zoom interviews or phone calls in order to get all the transcription down. And in terms of finding our copy editor, I reached out to Ithaca College's writing department and said, hi, um, oh. I am a current faculty member. I work on writing a book. Do you have any opportunities for um, or suggestions about um, book editing? And they got me in contact with a recent graduate, um, Martin McKinnis, and she uh, was able to be our copy editor. And thankfully, she was able to uh, tolerate all of our additions and suggestions and um, go through this document, um, spend hours working on that. And Brian took the initiative in terms of trying to figure out who's going to help design our book. Um, okay. And so that was a really big process and uh, super thankful to have someone um, that was willing to, one, uh, make multiple iterations. Uh, Heidi Sutherland was uh, our um our designer and so designed our logo um, and did our whole layout of the book. And in addition to that, I mean, the people that have helped us along the way. So um, Brian has been working on uh, the development of the website, but also his wife's also been helping design that too. And we mm -hmm. get suggestions along the way from family and friends. And so a lot of 
help along the way is how we did this. And obviously we made some decisions that were really good at one point in time and we made some really bad ones, but everything is a learning <laughs> process. Um, and so hopefully a little bit more streamlined if we do this again. Um, but no, it's been, it's been an awesome, awesome experience along the way. Tim, I'm going to stay with you for a second here. This is the magnitude of this. You know, you said it took two years, all of the, the back and forth and tra- just the thought of transcribing things alone and like making sure the transcriptions are correct. I'm just like, what? And I know earlier in the podcast, you said that you started this and you created this because there was a need and, you know, it's something like you wish that it existed for you. Is that what kept you going through all this? Like, this is a huge undertaking, two years and all these people and all these moving parts and, you know, learning new things. What kept you going? I think there's a couple of things. I mean, great question. Uh, one of the things that I'm really thankful for, um, Brian and I have been good buds for years. And yeah. so it's one of those things to have, um, to have a co-author, to have a partner in this that shares the same passion and that you get along with has been one of the best experiences of this book. Successful or not. um, I think that's been one of the big driving parts because we, at the end of the day, we didn't want to let each other down. Mm -hmm. So um, that has been a really big component of it. I think the excitement of, we just sent out this email to so-and-so. I wonder if they're going to get back to us. I was sitting in my office in September or October, two years ago. Um, It's, 7.30, 7.30, I just got done teaching a class. I still got grading to do, yada, yada, yada. And I get a phone call from a California area code. I'm sitting here. I'm like, ah, it's probably spam, but I'm going to pick it up. And so I pick up the phone call and I hear, hey, Tim, it's Kelly Starrett. How's everything going? I love it. And I had to, I had to breathe for a second and then be it. like, oh my gosh, Kelly Starrett's giving me a phone call on my cell phone. And I love it carried out a 20 minute conversation with Kelly and had him say, yeah, I'd love to be part of this. It's such an awesome idea. I wish this was something that we had when we were growing up and being in PT school and literally having the opportunity to speak to some of these people that have been inspiration for my clinical practice. That in itself has been such a driver for us to continue throughout this process. And yeah, there's long days and long nights and early mornings and hard work, but I think all of those components combined with the fact that individuals like yourself are extremely excited to see this come out. And I think seeing other people, the guests that we interviewed, share that same excitement has been super cool too, because at the end of the day, they're going to be in a part of, part of a book that's going to be out there forever. Yeah. And so they're sort of time stamped as part of the movers and mentors within the physical therapy movement science field. And so their excitement, their willingness to contribute, I mentioned not wanting to let Brian down, but at the same time, we don't want to let our guests down too. And so there is pressure on a couple different fronts, but it's all that positive sort of you stress um, pressure. And so that's kind of what kept us going um, through the thick and thin of it. So that's so good, Brian. Anything to add to that? <clears throat> yeah, no. Just to piggyback off that, I think Tim hit all the all the points. Um, we definitely didn't want to let our guests down. You know, when when Adrian Lau or you know Louis Pantador or Kelly Starrett spends a couple hours responding to your email and doing an interview, you know, you really can't drop the ball on that because the expectation is that's you know it. the, that it's going to be um, you know put together 
in the end and, and packaged together and, and we wanted it to be to, to be clean and um, and a good product that, that people can enjoy and learn from. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I had a nickel for the number of meetings that Tim texted me about, or I texted him about, and like, dude, are we actually meeting tonight? Like, we're exhausted. <laughs> Tim, Tim works like Tim works like eighty hours a week between you know teaching and seeing patients. I during the pandemic, my wife and I got a house. Uh, we were both going through business school, uh, and then we're trying to work on this in our in our free time. Wow, so it was uh, it was just it was a lot, but you know we um, we kept each other motivated and and had standing meetings, and ultimately you know, the type of book that it was, um, or it is lends itself to, to kind of staying motivated and having the, the, the goal, um, the goal in mind. So yeah, definitely. So good. You slipped something in there that I want to, uh, tease out a little bit. Part of the thing that I think is so uh, inspiring about this is that you still care, right? One of the, you know, I, I, for those listening, I am a PT by trade. I haven't practiced in quite a few years. And it's very easy, in my opinion, to get disenchanted by the model, especially if you're in the thick of it, you got, you're taking insurance and it's, it can just be a lot. And because of that, we do see some of the better clinicians moving away from it. Now, they have tremendous debt and it's just like, this isn't, this isn't for me. This, there's so much stress. You two are both still in it. You're still within the field. You're still practicing in some way, shape, or form. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And Brian, you slipped in there that you went to business school. <laughs> what? I'll, I'll start with you, uh, Brian. What does practicing look like uh, for you now, and why business school? Um, yeah, good, good question. So I actually. Uh... You know, speaking of failure, um, I actually went to business school twice. Uh, I went and got wow. a, a master's uh, degree in. Well, so I'm affiliated with an academic medical center, Univers University of Rochester. Um, great academic medical center, world renowned physicians, clinicians. Um, I'm really lucky and thankful to be to be a part of it. And as part of that, um, we have access to classes at University of Rochester. Um, and si Simon Business School was or is one of those, um, institutions. So, so yeah, I started, I, I went back and got a master's in medical management. Uh, I wow. applied for a management position. Uh, I did not get that management position. Uh, and speaking of being, you know, disenchanted by the model, speaking of failure, some of the things that we've talked about. Um, yeah, I, I really felt that. And I felt both of those yeah. things. But, um, you know, I, I was in, a, I'm still in a very, um, great position. I love working uh, with the residency program, working with residents, um, the teaching and mentorship components um, are great. And it keeps me very much engaged in the profession and, and in the art of physical therapy. Yeah. Um, but I did go back to school um, because I, I wanted, I wanted a little bit more. So yeah, I went back I to business this. school and I just finished my, uh, my MBA uh, this year. Congrats. That's a big yeah. deal, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of work, but but totally worth it. I, I, I learned a lot about, you know, how things work. And, um, you know, I think the phrase business side of, of PT or healthcare gets thrown out there quite a bit these days. And, yeah, um, you know, I did, I didn't know a lot about it and I do know more now. Um, so yeah, I, I think any PT, young PT, you, you kind of come out and you're hungry. Um, you're learning new things. You're, you're eating all of this continuing ed and, 
and consuming this information and applying it. And it, it's really invigorating um, and rewarding. And, you know, I, I think once, uh, once people read the book, they'll see that, you know, if you are in that state where you're feeling a little disengaged, a little disenchanted, tired, um, unmotivated, that yeah. so many, so many of these leaders and, and innovators and, and people that we look up to within the profession have gone through that. Um, and they, they navigate it and they each kind of navigate yeah. it in different ways. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I've come out now, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with, with where I'm at. I, I'm engaged. Um, and I, I, you know, love seeing, love seeing patients and, and working within the, um, working within the model right now. So good. So good. Tim, uh, your boy, Brian told me that he wrote a book. He went to a business school and got a house during COVID. Uh, what did you do? And are you still practicing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brian mentioned it earlier. Um, my, my time is valuable, but I do invest a lot of time. into. Uh, but I think that investment of time is a decision that those things fill my cup. Um, at yeah. the end of the day. Um, and so uh, I've been a full-time uh, professor. Um, I've literally handed in my acceptance paperwork for this uh, new anatomy physiology position where I am the course coordinator the day that campus shut down. Oh my gosh. Uh, Ithaca's campus. So there was a lot of self, uh, self-questioning whether or not, is this the best decision? Are the <laughs> academic institutions still going to be around at the end yeah. of this? Um, that being said, um, I still treat patients. I treat patients twice a week. Um, I am in the clinic for eight to 10 hours, sometimes a little bit longer, depending if I need to get patients in. That to me um, is a very sustainable and healthy model yeah. for the life that I live right now. Yeah. Um, the, the cohort of students that I teach are physical therapists, occupational therapists, exercise science majors, strength conditioning focused students, um, pre-med, physical education, um, and exploratory. I have students that range from juniors to freshmen. Um, I, tr- I teach over 180 students. Wow. Um, introduction to the anatomy program. You walk through my class in order to go to the other prereqs um, wow. within your individual programs. That being said, um, the respect that I think or I perceive that the health science students in particular have for someone that is still, quote unquote, in the trenches mm-hmm. is part of the driving factor for why I continue to treat patients. Yeah. Um, being able to speak, I think we all have taken classes or courses from someone that's only had a didactic uh, component to their, um, to their education yep. and hasn't necessarily actually practiced Nailed it. Um, yep. what they do. And so at the end of the day, there's this questioning of, well, how do you actually really know that's the yes. way it is? And so I'm able to incorporate, for instance, today we are discussing uh, uh, functional anatomy of the lower extremity. And at the end, I'm able to say, well, here's the peasant serene, which is going to be the attachment point of the medial aspect of the tibia for sartorius gracilis semitendinosus. But take a look at this. This is, this is peasant serene bursitis. Here's a picture, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm able to talk about that from a clinical standpoint to spark this interest. Because at the end of the day, anatomy can be super dry. Yep. But that that real life example. And one of the things I've been super excited about is I start every lecture, whether it's muscle physiology or nervous system with a clinical case. And cool. yeah, I'm, I mean, not to like 
pat myself on the back, but I get fired up for the That's no, that's awesome. Uh, because th- this is the why, this is why we're doing it. So the clinical aspect to me keeps my hands in the game. Um, I've invested many years to learn this, this craft um, and learn the profession of physical therapy. And I still feel like I have lots to give to it. But my giving of that has to be on a smaller scale yeah. because if I teach a man to fish, they're going to go and catch fish for the rest of their life. And so I see myself as being able to inspire or at least light that fire for 180 individuals every year, which are going to go out and then influence the lives of thousands. And so um, to me, that, so really, that really fires me up and I'm really excited about that. Um, I still teach in the residency and fellowship programs that we have um, through Cayuga Medical Center. Um, and so I'm, uh, I'm a mentor there for our residents. Um, and I teach uh, a couple different courses, um, which keeps me up to date in the research, forces me to still um, keep a really sharp clinical mindset. And so that's kind of where I'm at yeah. with that. Um, that's great, stuff. man. I just bought a house too. Um, so uh, uh, Damn, um, both of you. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so uh, what are we doing? Like what Brian said, after trying to finish his master's work and um, buy a house and do all this other stuff, uh, there are other things on the on the back burner that have to continue to uh, move forward. Um, and so, it is exciting to see this book come out because that means that we do not need to transcribe interviews. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, a lot of our time is into uh, into different different areas. That is so dope. It's, I know my listeners can appreciate that. The uh, can appreciate the evolution of your careers, both of you. Like you start out, you're in the trenches 100, percent and then you still want to have your fingers in it. You know, you want to have your hand in it at some in some way, shape, or form. And hearing how both of you have done that, I want to continue with this, uh, Brian. I'm going to flip it back to you. We kind of spoke about it a little bit earlier, but I'd love for you to give us your two pennies on it. You, you created this book and you asked people, one of the questions is, you know, where do you see the profession going? My question for you, Dr. Brian, first is where do you see the profession going? Oh, yeah, that's a, oof, that's a loaded question. There, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 after doing these interviews and, you know, reading the book um, several, several times, uh, you, you know, I do, I do think about that. Um I think my my vision ultimately aligns with um, ABTA's vision and kind of what some of the leaders in our profession or how they're pushing the profession. Um, Tim Flynn just great, gave a uh, a great lecture. I'm actually in the process of finishing it, but um, the melee uh, lecture at the um, recent ABTA conference. Okay. Um, and it you know I think PTs are. And Jeff Moore actually talks about this within uh, his section of the book. Um, but we are kind of where it's all going. I mean, we're seeing a lot of um, practices within our current healthcare model uh, not necessarily working or working the way that they want that we want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think PTs, health, wellness, um, overall well-being—you know—the various components that that encompass encompasses one's health. Um, PTs are really good at a lot of those things. And we're, we're, you know, kind of, kind of chameleons and we adapt to uh, the needs of the population. So 
I really think we are kind of where it's all going. Uh, and I'm excited about that. And I hope our readers are, are excited about that. And I hope this book um, helps facilitate that excitement. Um, because I think we have a ton to offer between, you know, being able to spend the most time with the patient, be, between being able to use our hands, our um, th- therapeutic exercise, um, just our, our clinical skills, and again, uh, kind of the art of it. Um, we have so much to offer. Uh, and I think, uh, I think the next, you know, 10, 10, 15 years, as more and more research is being done, more and more systematic reviews about certain practices uh, come out, that we're ultimately going to get to the point where we're like, hey, uh, we really just need to get people moving and uh, thinking about their health differently. Uh, And, you know, a lot of that changes kind of at the um, the ground level too, and the socioeconomic factors associated with health, you know, we need to consider those things. Absolutely. Um, but ultimately, as if we look at kind of community well-being, community health, it's it's about getting people moving from an early age, understanding concepts of movement, understanding concepts of pain, um, and yeah, I think uh, I think it will grow. Kind of that co- those concepts will grow organically, and PTs are going to find themselves in a really really good position um, in the next five to ten years. I love the positive outlook. I love it. <laughs> Got to stay positive. Tim, I know. I'm like, that's great. Uh, Tim, what do you think? I uh, I just watched a uh, Instagram live by Jeff Moore. Brian mentioned uh, Jeff earlier. Um, and he hit a lot of the similar points. And I do think that that as a profession, we're becoming more mindful and open to conversations about, and it's obviously like a paradigm uh, sort of, back and forth where put your hands on the patient, don't touch the patient, uh, yeah. only talk about pain science, don't, don't only load <laughs> yeah. the tissue, right? So you, you can uh, sort of establish whatever camp you want to be in. But what, uh, what Jeff was talking about was this concept of you have to still, at the end of the day, talk about what's your sleep look like? What's your stress look like? What's mm-hmm. your, all these other components to health and what does health consist of? Um, and I think that we have the opportunity, like Brian was saying, we have time with these patients to be able to communicate with them. And I think this next generation, I think back to when we were in PT school and the concepts of pain science or communication about mindfulness with, uh, with word choice wasn't necessarily as emphasized. Totally. And now I see where um, <laughs> these new residents and new graduates are coming out and they're already, they're already talking the game. And Granted, it does take, they say it takes 21 years to become 21, so you can't necessarily talk too soon. Um, but at the same point, they're a step ahead because they are already aware of Absolutely. where is the profession going. Absolutely. So I am excited from that standpoint because I do think that we have the opportunity to better educate and better provide general health versus this is your tissue issue and I see you only as mm-hmm. your tissue issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I mean, I think that there are big things that need to change within our healthcare. Um, I mean, treating patients once a week or twice a week with $50 copays, $70 copays on top of their insurance, I mean, it's super challenging and that people aren't going to be reaching out to try to better their health because they can't necessarily afford it. Um, so I think that's a challenge um, within multiple aspects of healthcare. I think um, the utilization of technology has the opportunity to potentially be a game changer. We saw that at COVID, right? The start of COVID and yep. 
who has telehealth opportunities mm-hmm. and who has that system in place. And I think that a lot of our patients, I mean, I think we've all had that so-and-so is coming in in 10 minutes. What am I going to do with them? I literally just need to spend five seconds checking in with them. And that's all I need to do. Do we have the opportunity yeah. to take advantage of yeah. uh, the upcoming technological changes and say, yes, you have a telehealth appointment. How's this? How's that? Progress that, progress that, show me this. Now you're done. Move on and save people that time, potentially the finances. And we think about um, the overutilization of medicine. Right? There's been a couple of papers that have come out um, regarding that, the elephant in the room, right? So um, the overutilization of medicine uh, in healthcare. And can we allow our patients to be more of um, more of a consumer of their own health, right? Can we guide them a little bit better? Um, but can we give them the keys to the car and watch them drive off with it? Um, and so I think that there are ways that technology and our educational system will continue to develop. Um, and I think that's going to make for better clinical outcomes um, in a world where we're seeing bad healthcare choices, right? So yes. it's like, um, yes. we talked about the obesity epidemic. We talked about mm-hmm. all these other um, lifestyle changes um, that are happening amongst us right now. But at the same time, we're putting together a pretty good army to come and fight that. That's oh, so good. I completely agree with both of you. And uh, you know, I like that, that quote you said there, it takes 21 years to be 21, uh, but definitely there's so much to be said about even just simply the awareness of something. That's where it starts, right? Before we can make any changes with anything is simply being aware. So the fact that new grads coming out now are even just aware of not just that these things exist, but that they can do something about it. Uh, because I think even for us going in, we knew some of it. It's like, yeah, I, I see that these problems exist. But I know for me, uh, when I was very much still in the trenches, it and I was treating in New York City, it started to become incredibly overwhelming because it was just like, can I even do anything about this? Like, where do I even start? Do I matter? Is what I'm doing even like helping? So, you know, circling back to just the the relevancy, the necessity of this book in showing people that they they do, they can change things. They can have an impact. They have options. There's different ways to go about influencing and impacting things. Like this is just, I'm incredibly, incredibly stoked for this book. Uh, Brian, can you drop us a little bit of information about when the book is coming out, where they can get it? You said there's a website that you're working on, your wife's working on, somebody's working on a website. Can you give us that information? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, my my wife is working on the website, has completed the website actually for, for now until we need more changes. She's been awesome um, helping with all that. So the website is uh, www.moversandmentors.com. Um, on that website, there's a link to either currently pre-order our ebook, um, which is available through Amazon and Kindle, uh, or uh, purchase a um, uh, paperback copy, which is uh, launching October 12th. So both the ebook and the paperback will be available October 12th. Um, but if you know digital stuff is more of your thing, uh, the ebook is available for pre-order currently. So um, you can either find it there or you can log right onto Amazon and search it. Uh, amazing. We will, and by we, I mean my incredible editor, Courtney, will link that in the show notes. This episode is going to go out, I believe, on October 4th. So if you are listening to this 
the day it drops, you still have about eight days until everything goes um, officially, but you can do all the pre-ordering good, good that Brian just uh, dropped for us. Brian, I'm going to stick with you. I'm looking at the time, so I'm going to wrap us up, but I'm going to stick with you, and then I will pass it on over to Tim. Is there anything else that you want to talk, that you want to leave the people with, that you want to say that we didn't cover? Um, no, Shante, uh, I think I it would be um, it, it would be a good idea for me to leave with uh, your quote that we pulled out uh, from from the uh, your section of the book that when you and Tim did your interview, um, I really like it, and I think kind of all of the other interviews and the other. Uh, sections of the book kind of play off of that because everyone in our book is doing that to some degree. And your quote was diversify your joy portfolio. Uh, And I think that's so true. And just kind of going back to our previous conversation um, about, you know, what uh, kind of the current state of physical therapy, um, what's the future look like treating patients and being in a clinic or, or what have you might not be, you know, if you're a student or a young professional, your thing. But find that thing that does excite you or you do find joy from and do more of those things. Uh, So, you know, the macro joy of going on a vacation or going on a trip or, you know, uh, whatever holidays is great. And those things should bring joy. But do more micro joy joy things uh, every day and try to do more of those things. And I think you'll ultimately find a path or or a passion um, that that you'll be um, excited to pursue. So. Yeah, I like your quote, uh, Shante, diversify your joy portfolio. And uh, thank you for, for having us uh, today. This was, this was a lot of fun. Dude, you are welcome. And I got to give full credit to my girl, Holly, for that quote. Uh, she had said it at one point when we were talking to one of the people I work with. And I was like, that is awesome. So that is double awesome that that made it in. Like, that's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. My dude, Dr. Tim. What you got for us? Anything you want to leave us with? If Brian wasn't going to say it, I was going to say it. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's one of those things that I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to um, obviously be part of this uh, podcast, but to have had the chance to reach out to so many individuals who in their some way, shape, or form are moving the industry forward. We have academics, we have researchers, we have business owners, we have organizations we have instagram stars we have social media experts we have clinicians in the trenches and amongst all of those in one way shape or form they are changing our profession for the better and i think that's one of the things that um super thankful to have had the chance to be a part of their interviews and to collectively share their stories with the world and i think that's where um, there's our, I'm hoping our readers have the chance to find some names that they haven't heard before and then look up who that individual is and see how is that person moving and shaking the physical therapy and movement science fields. And so I'm really excited, really thankful for that. Um, continuing with that diversify your joy portfolio concept. Um, we only have one opportunity to be here, right? And so I think it's one of those things that if you have the opportunity to do something every single day that brings you joy or brings joy to somebody else, that's a win-win situation. And so I do think that obviously this book has been a lot of time, a lot of investment, but it's brought me a lot of joy. And I'm hoping that 
our guests have had a lot of joy with it too, and that our readers are able to enjoy their answers to bring them more joy. Absolutely. Just, I am grateful beyond words for both of you for not just for taking the time to be on the episode today, but for doing this. Like I was talking to my VA the other day and you know, she's, she's, she's moving and shaking. And I was just like, you're doing this mighty fast. She's a recent, you know, relatively recent grad. And it was really cool to see firsthand the impact, the effect that giving someone, uh, you know, hope, showing them possibility, what that can do. And this is exactly what you're going to do, but on mass scale with this book. And it's my, my honor, my pleasure to be part of it. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast. And I just look forward to all that is yet to come. I forgot to ask you, if folks want to contact you, follow you on Instagram, anything like that, do you both have Instagram? I always just tag you with the Movers and Mentors account. But is there a better way? Is that the best way? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Movers yeah, Movers and Mentors is a good tag uh, for us. Obviously, and I will respond to those officially. Uh, we can share our uh, our Instagram and Twitter handles out to you as well. Um, Perfect. Uh, if you have anything that you want to ask us, um, if you have individuals that you would like us to be actually communicating to for possible future books um, within the Movers and Mentors um, sort of series that we would love to hear from our from our guests and from our readers um, because obviously there are movers and shakers in um, in their lives and if we have the opportunity to uh, share their stories to other people it would be great i love it so we will link that uh courtney is the best we'll link that and make sure that you folks get that and and can reach out i love that i love that dr brian and dr tim thank you this has been absolutely incredible and I'm just so, so stoked for everything. So thank you again. Thank you, Shante. Yeah. You're thanks. So, Shante. You're so very welcome. You folks listening. Thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are all extremely grateful. I'm not going to ask for any likes, subscriptions, anything like that. You want to do it? Amazing. My main, my primary, my only ask for today is if this episode resonated with you, do me a solid and share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. Let's blow this book up. All of you folks that are listening to this, you're in the movement profession, especially my PTs, let's do the thing. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Dr. Tim, Dr. Brian, and Maestro, 